0: I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life with never ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the chaos and cookies podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the chaos and cookies podcast. Today, I am honored to have Jessica Rhodes with me, and before I bring her on, I love this woman so much, and we've become very good friends, and I'm really excited to have you hear what she has to say and what she does, and so I'm going to give her a little bit of an intro, and here we go. Jessica Rhodes is the leading expert on how to leverage podcast guesting for increased brand awareness more leads, and higher profits. She created the podcast booking industry in 2013 when she founded Interview Connections, the first and leading agency of its kind. Along with her business partner, Margie Feldhoon, Jessica has quickly scaled Interview Connections to over $1 million in annual revenue with nearly no direct marketing or advertising. Their team of in house booking agents are the podcast powerhouses behind many successful entrepreneurs, including myself and businesses, including Allie Brown, Perry Marshall, A. Weber. USA Financial, and more. Jessica has done hundreds of podcast interviews, both as a guest and co-host of Monetize the Mic. She is the acclaimed author of Interview Connections, How to Rock the Podcast from Both Sides of the Mic, and has been a featured speaker at PodFest Multimedia Expo in FinCon. Please welcome Jessica to the show.
1: Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me on the podcast.
0: You're so welcome and lots of pressure because you're the podcast expert and
1: you're on my podcast. <laughs> we are going to have fun. I'm excited to be here.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm so excited to have you. And before we jump in, I have to ask what is your favorite cookie or cookie memory?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, snickerdoodle is definitely my favorite cookie and there is a specific memory actually tied to that type of cookie. I went to church growing up and there was this, the nicest old woman at church would always bring snickerdoodles into Sunday school. So that is what I always looked forward to was going to church and eating those homemade snickerdoodles. They were so good. I I think about that woman's this day. Whenever I have a snickerdoodle cookie. Oh my gosh, that
0: sounds so great! My kids just tried a snickerdoodle the other day for the first time, and they were like, "What is this magic?" <laughs>
1: it's so <laughs> it's so delicious. And like sometimes if it's too crunchy, I'm like, "Nope." I, I forget the woman's name, but it's just like I just remember in this like Tupperware with the wax paper in between the layers of cookies, and it was just so delicious. Oh yeah, they have to be soft. <laughs> yes, definitely. If, if they
0: are hard, then maybe you sprinkle them on like ice cream or something.
1: Yes, I always get Capito ice cream whenever we get ice cream. Oh, really? Is that your favorite? Yeah, definitely. I have a big sweet tooth. (laughs) Me too. Me too. We've had a lot of um, cake in our house because my daughter turned six on August eighth, and so we've had like back to back birthday celebrations. And of course, cake gets left over, and so. I have just been eating so many sweets. I need to like give myself a hard stop for a couple days. Cause now every day I'm like, I'm going to have some ice cream. I'm to have cake. <laughs> you know, it's
0: in your house. Forget it. In may I've got Forget two it. back-to-backs. My daughter turned six and my son turned four and it was mother's day and I had cake and cake and cake. And I'm like, I can't even with this, like, yeah. And with COVID there was no office for anyone to go to. So it's not like I could give it to like my sister to bring it to school. Like take it to your break room, like get rid mm-hmm. of it. You know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and we live right down the road from a place called wright's dairy farm and bakery so they have like literally the cows are getting milked there they make ice cream they do cakes and so we can walk there and that is good and bad because now i get ice cream a lot more than we ever have like, oh, let's just walk to let's just walk to Wright's and get some ice cream oh well we got to pick up some uh, sweets from the bakery <laughs> right and are you in new england are you in that area yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, we're in walk- Rhode Island.
0: Oh, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, because you can walk up there, and yeah. in Texas, you really can't walk many places. You have to take a car. So uh, we used to spend our summers in New England, at, like Massachusetts and Cape Cod, and so it was nice to be able just like to walk to like the Sunday school, which is yep. like my favorite ice cream place in the
1: world. Yes. <laughs> so,
0: well, let's dive in a little bit. How did you come up with the idea to start a podcasting booking agency when no other business like that
1: existed at the time? Yeah. So I, I invented the podcast booking industry. It was really interesting. I was doing a virtual assistant business at the time when my first child was a baby. I wanted to be home and I didn't know how I would make an income from home, but my goal was to stay at home with him. So my dad showed me the world of online entrepreneurship. He said, you can be a virtual assistant. You set your own hours. It's your own business. So it was sort of I transitioned into being an entrepreneur by first being a 1099 contractor for my dad and some other clients. And I was booking him on podcasts. And at the time hosts were like, oh my gosh, this is so interesting. What do you do? I've never had anyone pitch me before. And I'm like, oh, you know, I've got this client and I've got this client. And, um, there was a real excitement around somebody who could bring people together, right? People always love someone that makes strategic introductions and connections. So I launched interview connections in September of 2013. Um, and yeah, it basically, it just blew up because we didn't have any competitors for gosh, a year and a half, I think is when, um, the first, you know, competing booking agency started. Um, and so we've grown a lot and just continued to be the leader in the industry as it's grown. Um, but it was really just responding to a need in the industry and in the marketplace, people wanted to be on podcasts. They wanted to start their own podcast. They wanted to do interviews because that's, it's easier to do interviews than to host your own solo podcast. And they needed someone to make those introductions. So I'm like, I can do that. <laughs>
0: Right. No, it's genius. I mean, I use you guys. I I strongly recommend y'all. So anybody who needs to get on podcasting, please call call Jess. They're amazing. And I mean, it's genius, honestly, because you know, when you get big or you see these influencers or whatnot, they get PR people and they cost an arm and a leg. But if you just want to focus on one avenue, you know, like podcasting is easy because you can do it from your home. You don't need a lot Mm of equipment. You can get your word out there in front of other audiences. Right?
1: Yeah. It's a relationship building strategy and that's why it's so effective. You know, there is a role for PR and publicity, right? It's good credibility. You get the big logos on your website, things like that. And that, that serves a role. But for a lot of entrepreneurs, what you need is leads and you need new clients and those two things you get from relationships. Well, how do you build new relationships? podcast interviewing. You know, you do a podcast interview, you're walking away from that with a new relationship in your life with a new partner that can refer people to you that now knows you really well. So it's just the smartest publicity strategy for entrepreneurs that need leads and revenue. Absolutely. hundred percent.
0: And so if you're going to be a podcast guest, you know, what should a call to action be on an interview? If your goals are to get new clients.
1: Yeah. So you want to look at what is your sales funnel? And if you don't have like a fancy sales funnel. Don't just be like, Oh God, I can't do this. Like your sales funnel could literally be somebody goes to your website, they fill out a contact form and they reach out to you, or they join your email list by downloading a lead magnet. So your call to action should be something that is free. It should be something that is valuable to the listeners, something that's going to help them take action on what you talked about in that interview. So literally it could be something as easy as an email because they could email you a question, email you, Hey, I want to connect with you. Or it could be a lead magnet that goes into a free masterclass or a webinar or, a, you know, a list like a how to list or something like that it could be your free Facebook group. So you want to look at where do you capture leads online? And when you're a guest on a podcast, your call to action at the end should be bringing people, sending people to the place where you can capture their information and get them kind of into your ecosystem.
0: Correct. And for those of you who are kind of for sales funnels and whatnot, that's the, like how you're going to sell, like where you're going to take them, how you're going to lead them to you. And it's always something that's free and you mm-hmm. need, it could be something super symptom, like simple, like a book of 20 minute call, ask me anything. Don't You don't have to have something tangible or a PDF, or it could be a video of you talking yeah. about something, which I think a lot of people don't understand that they can do a video as a lead magnet as a training instead of like a printable right yeah
1: it could be so simple because people like to consume information in different ways some people like to watch videos some people like to read big reports some people you know like to listen to podcasts so you want to try to appeal to people of all different learning styles but the goal is to get them something free and that's easy to remember so resist the urge to start listing out 10 different websites and all your social media handles just give them one place to go
0: Sure. And that's pretty much like your website or like a landing page. If you don't have a website, which you don't need a website to get started or a link tree, but also when you're telling them what to do, you also like your lead magnets and stuff need to be super simple. Like if it takes you an hour or two to make it probably going to be too complicated. You want something that's pretty quick. Those seem to do the best things. Like I remember when I did my to grow my list, it was a lead and lead tracking and spreadsheet. Someone asked me for a copy of it because I had mentioned I used to use one and I didn't have a copy. I literally went in Excel five minutes, made one, put it up. I grew my email list by a hundred people in three hours. And that was like, oh my gosh, like I would spend all this time on these really nice lead magnets to give to people. And I'm like, Pfft.
1: Uh, Yes. People like the simplest stuff. People like templates. They like lists. They like how to like make it something super simple. I think oftentimes entrepreneurs overthink they need something that's super high value and, but it can be very high value and simple for you to make, you know, I've done the same thing. We have a conversion event performance calculator. And I mean, we could make it a download. Literally. I made it for, um, the coaching group that we're both in and people would ask for it. And I just literally made a template and I put it up you know, and you know, people get it, but it's like, it's just so simple, but it's very high value to the right market. Sure.
0: Because if you're going to need it or you're telling people like you need it, then clearly you need to make it and make it simple and make it to where they can put their branding on it or just make Mm -hmm. it to where they can like user friendly. So I do remember like when we would, when I was getting, when I'm being pitched, I always try to, to do like a really easy offer. Yeah. And direct them. So how does long does it take to see a return on your investment or your ROI from podcast guesting?
1: Yeah, you know it can take. We have clients that will see a return on their investment within the first couple of interviews, and for other clients, it takes longer. You know, closer to six months or a year, or sometimes multiple years. This is an authority building strategy. So the more podcast interviews you do, the more authority you're creating for yourself. You know, the more links back to your website there are online because they're getting interviewed a lot. The more people know about you because you're getting visible to you know hundreds of people every single month, maybe even thousands of people. Um, and then the key thing is you need to have in place is you need to have the trust and the right mindset, right? Having a mindset to serve, really putting the intention out there for what you want to create, what results you want to see with podcast guesting. And you need to go on and give a great interview, right? We can't underestimate that. We can talk all about, you know, the marketing and the funnels, but you do have to give a really compelling interview and share content that people really like and understand and find value in. Give a strong call to action, you got to have all those keys in place. So, for some people, when they start podcast guesting, they're a little bit newer. So, maybe it takes them some time to like really work up their interview skills and, you know, get really good at providing content. So, it might take longer to see a result. Other people come in, they're a great guest, they've got it all in place, and they start getting clients right away. So, it's different for everyone, but it is a long term strategy. You want to do it long term because you can get better and better. And it just creates the snowball effect where The authority you create for yourself is going to pay dividends. It creates what we call compounding revenue because people will hear your interviews that you do today, years in the future, and you'll be getting leads from interviews you did years before. So it's definitely something you want to commit to.
0: You never also know what you're going to happen. Uh, You guys set me up with an an interview and I've actually she interviewed on my podcast, but she had never interviewed on anyone's because nothing was ever a good fit. So I was her very first interview. I was uh, featured on her blog. Now she's going to put my chaos control system in her like shop. Like you never know what's going to happen. So you also want to make sure that you are, you don't have to say yes to everything, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you want to get out there. You want to be exposed, Mm-hmm. But you also want to make sure that those shows are your niche market that people are going to want to come find you. If it's not mm-hmm. relevant, then it's great. You have a, you know, you, you, maybe it's a good practice or you got out there in front of another audience, but you want to make sure that it also will suit your business. If that's what right. you're doing it for. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And just being open to so many possibilities, you know, so making sure you're on shows that are the right fit and also just being open. Like the way I describe it is when you get booked on a podcast, that's like opening a door, you know, it's not, that's not the end result, right? That's, a door opening. And so what is that door opening to it's opening you up to a new audience. It's opening you up to a new potential referral partner or client. A lot of times the host becomes your client or an effective like business partner. It's opening you up to other speaking opportunities. Like maybe they introduce you to somebody that would have you on their summit, right. Or have some type of joint venture opportunity. So just keeping your mind open to possibilities beyond what you thought could happen is what will help you create even more results. Absolutely. And also
0: starting with relationships, you never, if you're hitting it off with the host or you're doing a pre-call and you never know what's going to come of it. I mean, I've had amazing ROI so far with you guys and I just, I'm halfway through, I think my contract with you and it's been great. It's been phenomenal. If I've had to pivot, then we've pivoted and it's just nice to have someone working on it for you. Yeah. And so When it comes to backend systems in place, when you're getting booked, like what do you recommend in that sense?
1: Yeah. So keep it simple, right? I mean, I'm eight years into business and we're just starting to build out like funnels and evergreen funnels and webinars and things like that. So, you know, if you're earlier on in your business, you know, don't worry about it, right? You don't need complicated systems. You just need a way where you can capture your leads and then nurture them. Leads need to be nurtured. You know, a lot of people are like, well, how soon am I going to get clients? Well, remember oftentimes somebody that hears you on a podcast, that's the first time they're learning about you. Like literally that's the first time they find out you exist. So you can't expect that most people are going to want to pay you and sign up with you the moment they learn about you. Sometimes it's perfect fit. And they're like, Oh my God, you're exactly who I've been looking for. Here's my credit card. But oftentimes that's the first time they're meeting you. So you get, you want to have that call to action in place. They get on your email list. You should be emailing your list. If you're sending them to your Instagram, you should be, you know, DMing your new followers and posting all the reels that Heather's teaches you how to make. And you you need the systems are really about how am I going to build my relationship with the people that are finding me from podcasts. And that could look different depending on your business, depending on where you're sending them but that is the system. It's like building relationships with leads. And again, it could look different depending on where you're sending people.
0: hundred percent. And I think like one sheets, for instance, like having a one sheet and maybe you could dip in a little bit on what a one sheet would be, because yeah. I know that there's some newer people that are possibly thinking about getting on podcasts and they hear that word. And mm-hmm. so they're like, I don't know what that
1: is. Yeah. So a one sheet is a one page PDF. It has your headshot, your logo, your bio. So, like 150 to 200 words, ideally. So, it's short enough where somebody could read it as an introduction for your interview. It has a few interview topics and some suggested interview questions and then your contact information. So, it's really something that gives the host everything they need to say, okay, yeah, they look like a good fit for my show. Or, okay, perfect. I have everything I need to do this interview without a lot of prep, <laughs> you know? So, the one sheet is to make the host's life easier. As the guest, you want to make their job easier, and also make it easy for yourself to get booked. Sure,
0: it's almost like a resume for podcasting. Yeah, in 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 Cliff Note form. You don't want it to be like extensive, but you want it to give you some. You really want to just stand out because if they're trying, if it's a bigger show and they're trying to figure out if they want you or not, they really want to make sure that you're a good fit for their audience, because they're not going to bring someone on that doesn't make sense for them either.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. You want to showcase your authority. A lot of people think they want to put like testimonials and talk about their program. Like this is a place to showcase your authority and your expertise, not what you sell.
0: Absolutely. And so we're talking about all the positive things that can come from being a guest, but what about some of the pitfalls, like the biggest pitfalls for entrepreneurs who invest in the podcast guesting strategy? Like, is there any downtime to it?
1: I would say, um, again, just going back to it being a long-term strategy, it does take patience and that can be one of the pitfalls because a lot of times people come to podcast guessing because they need leads and revenue. And sometimes if you need it, like right then and there, it, it can be hard to have the patience for it to really play out. So that can be a pitfall as if somebody expects, you know, our client Mo, he, he wrote a book um, called solve for happy. And he talks about how when you're unhappy, it's because you had an expectation around how something would go and it went differently. And that's often the pitfall of podcast guessing. You expect it to work out a certain way and it doesn't. And then you get frustrated, right? So I would say the biggest pitfall is like having your expectations be misaligned. And, you know, as Mo talks in his book, like be in harmony with how things go. And then always be committed to excellence. Like always be saying, how can I be a better guest? How can I improve my systems? How can I create more compelling content and not to say what you have right now isn't good, but always be striving to make it better. Like, how can i make this a little bit better 1% better one day 2% better you know 3% better so just always be committed to excellence because whenever i talk to an entrepreneur that's like i don't need any help i don't need any coaching i'm i'm good i'm like you're <laughs> not perfect like no like everyone can get better so always be committed to excellence and you'll avoid some of the most common pitfalls and mistakes i see
0: excellent and yes you always i mean even coaches have coaches Mm-hmm. I mean, if you might outgrow your coach and yeah. go find a new one, because that coach only specializes in X, Y, Z, and you don't want a coach to specialize in everything. Cause then they're not excellent in everything.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, yeah, we've, we've outgrown coaches or got as much as we could from them. And then we move on. But I mean, to this day, you know, I've done over eight years, I've done thousands of sales consultations for the service I sell. And I still have a sales coach. I send my calls to him and I'm like, what could I have done differently here? Like, how could I have connected with this lead more? Like you have to always be committed to getting better.
0: 100%. And I think if we're always trying to improve ourselves and always taking in knowledge. I mean, they always say to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you mm-hmm. and and all those things. And you never know to where that collabor- collaboration could happen or mm-hmm. you can refer people because you know, coaches are just ahead of us. Right. They've do- they've been here. They haven't figured everything out, but they figured out this part. And so now mm-hmm. we're learning and they're learning a different part. And so we're constantly moving. Yeah. So it's important to remember that for sure. So thank you so much. This is amazing. I mean, there's so many things that you can do with podcasting. Um, yeah. Why don't we talk a little more about like what your podcast is about and yeah. how we can get in touch with you or if anyone that's mm-hmm. listening who may want to start a podcast possibly or start mm-hmm. podcast guesting to just start the train and get practice. It's it's great practice before you started podcasts. I remember I was not on anything before I started my podcast. Like that was awkward (laughs) as heck.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, our podcast and that, that actually is my call to action, you know, because it's funny when people ask you about call to action, it's like, well, what's, what's our call to action. So yeah, you know, our podcast is a great place to go. If you want to learn more about this strategy and on monetize the mic, I do a lot of interviews with clients that we book. So you can actually see what are the types of entrepreneurs that are doing podcast casting and what are the results that they're seeing. And then Margie, my business partner and I will do co-hosted episodes where we dive in, you know, sometimes we'll share our story and like how we're growing our business and, you know, kind of the backstory of the company. And also we share a lot about personal development and transformation, because what we hear a lot from our clients is when they get interviewed every single week, there is so much transformation and personal growth that happens from being visible. And that is a huge part of the strategy. It's actually being visible. Oftentimes we can maybe go on stage once and they're like, okay, I did it but can you show up every single week and be visible? Um, And so there's a lot of growth that happens. So monetize the mic. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. I highly recommend checking it out. And um, interviewconnections.com is our home base on the web. So that's where you can see all the information about what we do. And I I do agree that having your own podcast makes you an even better guest and vice versa. If you don't want to start your own podcast yet, being a guest on podcast is a great way to get started. That's why my book is Rock the Podcast from both sides of the mic, because when I'm a guest on a show, it makes me a better host. And when I'm hosting an interview, I can then go to my guest appearances and be a better guest because I'm on both sides of the microphone, so to speak.
0: hundred percent. And I guess the last thing I want to ask is speaking of microphones, what kind of equipment do you require as being a guest?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this question because it's so simple, especially with podcast hosting people like, do I need a mixer and all this stuff? I'm like, Nope, literally a USB microphone. I have the ATR audio technica 2100. That's a USB mic. I see you're using the blue Yeti. Either of those work great. And then literally any headphones. I mean, we're both wearing like podcast headphones, but if you have any headphones that just plug in when you're a guest, the point of having headphones is so you don't have an echo. Like you don't want the sound to come out of the speakers and then back end of the microphone. So any headphones that you have in your house and then a USB podcast microphone is really all you need when you're a guest.
0: Yeah. And the AirPods are really great. And on a pinch, um, I mm-hmm. was traveling. I actually did. I actually brought the AR that you guys sent me with my pop filter, uh, yep. that I love, uh, in my, my ring light that you sent me to. Yes. And so I, they're very simple things that you can bring, especially if you also want to ask them if you're going to be on video too, because mm-hmm. the worst thing is, is that you find out you're on video and you're like, Oh, wonderful. My <laughs> yeah. scrubs, Cool. Or you're all dressed up and they're like, no, we're not doing video. It's like, Oh my gosh, I just took all that time, you know? So just ask, it's a great question yep. to ask, but even if you have just a pair of like AirPods and yep. those have a really great microphone in a pinch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, the Apple products are great. Like, yeah, in a pinch, I think the microphone on AirPods or the earbuds, um, work pretty well.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I agree. Cause I was on the fly and I was like, Oh, and my podcast manager was like, it sounded great. I'm like, cool. Yep. You know, and editors
1: and, can do wonders too.
0: Oh yeah. I do it. I have an editor. Uh, I think that they're worth the time and, yeah. uh, the backend setup, if you are going to set up a podcast, but with guesting, it's nice because all you have to do is show up mm-hmm. and speak your truth and passion and, yep. you know, so, well, thank you so much, Jessica, for coming. And can you share where we can find you? I know you kind of tapped on it before. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So interviewconnections.com is our website. Um, links to everything are there. And then if you want to listen to our podcast, um, you can search if you're in your podcast app right now, just search monetize the mic, M I C, and then you'll find our show.
0: And it's an amazing show and they're an amazing bunch and I've learned so much. And I strongly recommend Jess and Margie and her, their podcast. And if you are interested in guesting on podcasts and you want some help, I strongly recommend reaching out to Jess because they, that whole team is just wonderful and they will take good care of you and really understand what you need. So I'm, thank you Yeah, you know, I'm team, I'm team monetize the mic.
1: Yay. Thanks
0: Heather. You're so welcome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and guys go check it out. All the information will be in show notes for you to listen, uh, and to, to take a look at, and we will catch you guys next time on the chaos and cookies podcast. Bye. Thank you for listening to the chaos and cookies podcast.